This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. Today, as we often do, we're taking a slight detour. We are going to try to address the question, how do we get more teachers of color into our classrooms? Only 16% of the U.S. teaching force are teachers of colors, and this is a problem. Now, on May 1st of this year, 2021, a group of teachers, teacher educators, administrators, and others from around the state of Minnesota and three other states met for conversation. The purpose was to address the problem related to the lack of teachers of color in our classrooms in Minnesota and around the country. <clears throat> now, three questions were used to initiate this conversation. First, what are the filters that keep students of color from entering teacher preparation programs? Two, what are the filters that keep students of color from completing teacher preparation programs? And three, what can we do? <clears throat> now, there were 13 filters identified. Number one was students' own K-12 experiences. Most people who go into education have had positive experiences in the educational system. However, this is often not the case with many students of color. Preparing pre-service and in-service teachers to teach in culturally responsive ways, as well as recognizing systemic racism within the educational system, can be one part of reducing this impactful first filter. The second filter was college entrance exams. Now, the original purpose of the SAT and the ACT and other college entrance exams was to act as a filter to determine those students who would be best able to succeed in a college setting and who would not. These instruments were never very valid predictors of student success. As such, they have far outlived their usefulness <clears throat> as well. The cultural bias of these exams has been well documented. We have more imagination than this. There are other more predictive and culturally responsive ways for students to demonstrate their ability to succeed in higher education. The third filter, and by the way, who benefits from college entrance exams? The only people to benefit are those who make money. The publishing companies profit greatly, and the exam preparation companies benefit greatly from these college entrance exams. So as long as their lobbyists continue to promote these, it's going to continue. The third one, the double application process. Students must apply and be accepted into a college or university. Then they must apply and be accepted into a college of education or teacher preparation program. Here, high GPA requirements are used as the primary determinant of entrance. If students do not make the cut for this second, applica second application, they've already spent two years in tuition dollars at an institution. 
And high GPA is also not a valid predictor of students' ability to teach. There are better ways to do this. The fourth filter is inflexible course offerings. In most teacher education programs, students are required to move in lockstep through a predetermined sequence of courses. Now, this may be most efficient for the management of the system, but it does not reflect how humans learn. As well, cohort-only models requiring 12 to 16 credits to be taken each semester don't provide the flexibility that students with very busy lives need to be able to learn at their best. Some students need to be able to take just one or two courses a semester. The fifth semester, limited teacher preparation models. Now, there always will be a need for traditional campus-based teacher preparation programs. However, there's also a need for practical, pragmatic alternatives. These could include post-bac programs, online or hybrid post-bac programs, summer Saturday programs, school immersion programs, teacher apprenticeship programs, and others. We're limited only by our imagination here. Six, the sixth filter, inflexible student teaching and field experiences. Too much, too long. The reality of today's world is that many students are working 20 to 40 hours a week. It's a financial burden to have to take off work for a two-week practicum field experience or a 15-week student teaching experience. As well, the geographic location of placements can add stress for students who do not have vehicles. There are a variety of creative and flexible options that can be considered here. The idea that student teaching can only be done in one long block of 12 to 15 weeks? Poppycock! There are a lot of creative alternatives, including how about three weeks of student teaching over four semesters. These are the kinds of out-of-the-box kinds of thinking that are needed to take teacher preparation from the 1960s to 2021 and beyond. Seven, the seventh filter is culturally unresponsive teacher education programs. Teacher education curriculum approaches methods, assessment, and evaluation tend to reflect white Eurocentric norms, values, and perspectives. Recognizing this is the first step in changing it. Pre-service teachers are expected to use uniform ways of teaching and planning for teaching. Their performances are quantified and compared using rubrics that are based on a singular view of teaching and learning that too often reflects a restrictive, teacher-directed, top-down approach. The eighth filter is parochialism and cultural superiority. Parochialism and cultural superiority are evidenced in the use of the Charlotte Danielson model and high-leverage practices and predefined dispositions and other models and practices that reflect a singular 
and very narrow view of teaching and learning that says, our view is the best. You must be like us. You must teach like us. That is parochialism and cultural superiority, and it is rampant. The ninth filter is invalid assessments, and I put assessments in quotation marks because they don't really assess anything. And I'm talking about assessments such as the EdTPA and state licensure exams. These are invalid indicators of anyone's ability to teach. They're time-consuming and expensive. These types of quote-unquote assessments, like the EdTPA and teacher licensure exams, get in the way of learning to teach. They're culturally biased. They prevent other more accurate methods of evaluating pre-service teachers. Now, they may be mandated by state regulations, but for our colleges and universities to say, stay silent, to say nothing, is to be complicit and to allow it to perpetuate. The tenth filter is our parochial research paradigms. Controlled experimental research has become the exclusive and epistemologically privileged way of determining causality and making claims as to what constitutes knowledge. Measuring is equated with knowing, by which the illusion of certainty is constructed. When people are reduced to numbers, we lose the voices and experiences of people. Excluding qualitative research methods to determine evidence-based practices creates a distorted and limited view of teaching and learning. The 11th filter is the high cost of higher education and low teaching wages. Pre-service teachers are asked to assume years of student loan debt for a job that has low pay and high stress. Also, some students from low SES backgrounds often avoid teacher education programs because of their family needs and a desire to remove their families from unfavorable economic situations. Thus, they choose majors they believe to be more lucrative. The twelfth filter is the lack of empowerment. Creative, intelligent teachers are not allowed to be creative and intelligent. They're not allowed to adopt or design curriculum to meet the needs of their students. Too often they're expected to implement district-mandated one-size-fits-all programs. But one-size does not fit all. It does not fit all teachers. It does not fit all te uh, students. Teachers must be empowered to make the curriculum changes that are best for the students. This means that curriculum design courses must be a part of teacher preparation and teacher professional development programs. And the 13th filter is the lack of diversity in those who are preparing our teachers. If we are to recruit and retain more students of color, to increase the racial and ethnic diversity of the teaching profession. There needs to be more professors, 
TOSAs, and mentor teachers who reflect these students. So, some actionable items then. What should we do? Not all the items I've said are actionable. Some call for continued advocacy and strong responses from our colleges and universities. However, these next items can be addressed within teacher education programs, can and must. And there's not going to be a single solution, but these are all many solutions. To do nothing is to stay complicit. First of all, partner with schools serving diverse populations to develop flexible online post-baccalaureate teacher preparation programs, flexible, based on needs. So you partner with a school district. Recruit us some teachers of color, and we will bring the, the program to your school district. The second one is to design flexible, creative alternatives to field experiences and student teaching. And I've mentioned this before, but divest ourselves of this singular approach to student teaching. The purpose of student teaching is to learn how to teach, to figure it out to get practice, to get mentorship, to get feedback. The third one is to make teacher preparation curriculum and programs more inclusive and culturally sustaining, culturally responsive teaching. The fourth one is to use culturally responsive teaching in teacher education programs. I already mentioned that. Incorporate valid and culturally relevant methods for pre-service and in-service teacher evaluations. Evaluate teachers using methods that are valid, that mean something, and that recognize the differences in cultures and how we do things, how we go about things, and our different values and approaches. Provide rigorous resources for rigorous professional development for teachers and professors, and I say rigorous, that includes critical race theory and culturally responsive teaching. We must recognize this and incorporate it into our classes. Create alternatives to the double application process. There are better ways of doing this than having students apply twice. Eliminate GPAs as the primary determinant of entry into teacher education programs. The primary determinant, a cutoff score. You fall above, you're in, you fall below, you're out. Create culturally responsive alternatives to college entrance exam requirements. Get rid of the SAT, the ACT, and all these other things. There are better ways. Portfolio assessments is simply one of them. Include instruction related to curriculum design in all teacher preparation programs so that our teachers are empowered. We want creative, intelligent teachers. We must allow them to be creative and intelligent to design curriculums, programs, methods to meet the needs of their students in their classrooms. Actively recruit, develop, and hire professors, TOSAs, mentor teachers who reflect the students who are trying to get into our teacher preparation programs. And the last one is to advocate strongly for higher teacher wages, better working conditions, and rigorous and continued 
professional development for teachers. Get rid of this idea that we create a finished teaching product in four semesters of any teacher preparation program. It does not happen. We need continued and rigorous professional development and required professional development for all teachers. That means we must be, uh, give teachers the time and the resources to do so. So, in addressing this, teachers of color in our classrooms can't is often another word for won't. We can't do anything. That means we won't do anything, but we can't do nothing. We can make this situation better. This has been the Reading Instruction Show. As always, your host, Dr. Andy Johnson.